0: Okay, so today I'm here with Melissa Killian. Hello, Melissa.
1: Hi, Willie. Uh,
0: it was great uh, to have you come on to our podcast, and uh, I know that you and I have talked uh, over the last couple of weeks about it, and uh, you, you just have such a great story. You do such a, a great job with all of your clients, and uh, I love everything that you're doing with the marketing side and and all the things that you've done, and, and you shared your story with me before, and I thought it'd be great uh, for us to share it today uh, on the podcast. Uh, but before we do... Um, Let's start going into like how you even got into real estate. I know that with real estate, so many, you know, everyone gets into it for a certain reason. Right. You know, For me, I was one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in debt. I thought I was going to be this insurance guru for my whole, you know, my whole life, mm-hmm. and uh, and then all of a sudden, got into this debt, got into real estate, loved it, and never looked back. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me a little about yourself and and how you even started in real estate.
1: I kind of fell into real estate. Um, I was. A perpetual student i was working on my second master's degree um, in uh, adolescent development and counseling psychology and i wanted to get into the school systems i wanted to help kids Um, and right as i was graduating from both of those degrees and getting ready to go into the school system is when new york state had laid off all unessential employees for school systems which one of them was school counselors um, so I was competing with literally 300 other candidates for a job, and I had zero experience other than my internships. Um, and I wasn't getting jobs. So in the meantime, I was bartending and I had been bartending for, I don't know, like 10 or 12 years. And I was like complaining to one of my clients about it, and he's like, oh, he's like, you should talk to my buddy. He's in commercial real estate. he's looking for an admin. You could go be an admin for him. And I was like, all right, I'll do that for now. So I went and did that. And I actually kind of liked a lot of aspects of the real estate, but I didn't feel like commercial real estate was really my jam. So I um, ended up getting hooked up with somebody else. And he said, why don't you switch into residential? It's more personal, more uh, emotions. He's like, you'd be great at it. So I did. And I loved it. I absolutely fell in love with it. And I never looked back. And the good thing about real estate um, is that you still get that sense that you're helping people. And that was really important for me. So I still get the sense that I'm helping people. But I get to do something I love every day. I get to meet amazing people every day. Um, And that's kind of how I fell into real estate. It really, it didn't, I didn't knock the door down for that. It knocked the door down for me. So I'm very thankful for how everything kind of out with
0: that. That's great. I mean, psychology is so funny. I tell people all the time, like when we're dealing with our clients, whether it be a buyer, whether it be a seller, uh, there's so many things, right? We're just problem solvers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's not only that, but there's so many different personality types that are out there, right? Right. And and if you don't know how to handle those, or if we take a lot of things personally, which Mm -hmm. a lot of times is not personal, it's really what their person or that client's going through. Uh, we'd be out of the business if we didn't know how to handle that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I definitely see that in just in some interactions that you've had with clients and just kind of calming them down like, hey, we mm-hmm. got this. Uh, we'll get through it. And mm-hmm. here's the steps to go, right? Right. And actually walking them through. I think that's the, the uh, really the, the secret in, in real estate. And, and, and with real estate, do you really see it more as a sales position or more of a service position?
1: Oh, 100% service. 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously you're selling things. But it's the service that you're providing your clients. And that is why I have built the database I have is because I came from the service industry. I came from bartending and waiting tables. And that's how I got through college, my undergrad and my grad, um, just building rapport with people and really, truly listening to what their needs are. Mm -hmm. And then taking that and putting the pieces of the puzzle together for them and then finding them the house that they like or helping them sell the house. Um, So it's definitely service driven in my opinion.
0: So you actually listen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? (laughs) Well that's one of the things that I learned not just, you know, being a bartender and, and waiting tables, but also getting my master's degrees. Like counseling is a lot of listening and understanding what your clients need and then helping them like find the path themselves.
0: That's awesome. No, I, I, uh, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's totally you know, everyone says oh it's sales and you salespeople are alike. I'm like, listen, real estate is all service, mm-hmm. you know, and it's basically showing up on time or early. Uh, it's taking care of the client's needs. Like you said, listening mm-hmm. to what they need and then fixing that. I mean, if, you know, if someone says to you, Hey, I need four bedrooms and you're out there showing them three, just cause you're trying to sell a house. You're a salesperson, yes. right? Um, that? and that's why you get so, so much bus- your business by referral. So, um, So, you know, you said bartending, got your degrees, obviously, that's where you got a lot of service work. When you first started on like just kind of go back to your first year in real estate, because a lot of Uh people listen to this podcast are either coming into real estate, or been in real estate for a number of years. And sometimes we forget where we came from. But if you go back maybe the first year or two in real estate, uh, what was it for you that I know it took off from right from the beginning as far as wanting to be in the business, but Uh I know it had to be a little bit of a struggle. Can you share any struggles that you had early on?
1: So my struggle was just learning all of like the process stuff. Like building the rapport with clients was not difficult for me, and picking up the phone and calling people was not difficult for me. Um, it was all of the stuff in between. It was the contract to closing that was my struggle, learning all that stuff, the inspection stuff, and you know you kind of in this business you kind of learn as you go in a lot of in a lot of ways. So it was just learning, okay, this is what happens at a septic inspection. This is what happens when the well and the septic aren't enough feet apart, like Mm -hmm. just stuff like that. That was my, in my opinion, that was my biggest struggle, was learning that piece of the puzzle.
0: And that came just with experience. The more deals you went on, right? The more
1: deals you go on and the more shadowing you do, the more you learn.
0: And that's so true because I was just talking to a a recruit today that is going through licensing right now. Mm And I said, you know, all the things that you're going to learn in real estate school, probably 80% of them you won't even apply or need to know, right? Right. Going into the real estate business, you just need to to pass a test. Mm -hmm. But no one really shows you how to build a real estate business in real estate school. Right. Right. They don't really actually tell you that. How do you prospect and how do you pick up the phone? And what's your scripts and dialogues, right? What's your lead conversion look like? And all the other things that go with it. But you just mentioned something which is important, There's a lot of transactional agents that are out there. What what I mean by that is that they get a deal, they know how to prospect, they get someone listed, and then they blow it Mm -hmm. throughout the process. Um, But the really good agents, the one that get get a lot of repeat and referral business, which I know you do, uh, have an actual process and a service that they provide to that person so that that experience is great from the time they met them to the time that they close. And now they're...
1: And then months and years after. Right. Yeah. Biggest
0: Absolutely. Raven fans, right? Yeah. So how do you keep, you know, say just going to the the actual uh, process of, of actually doing that? How do you keep everything in line? Like, do you have a, a CRM that you use? Do you have a checklist that you use? Is it all in your mind?
1: So I didn't used to have any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I used to just, you know, go with the flow. But as I got busier and my database grew bigger and bigger, I needed to have like a checks and balances. So I incorporated a CRM into my business. Uh, And I use that um, almost exclusively to keep track of my deadlines, um, to keep track of anniversaries, to keep track of my client's information, who's the lender, who's the attorney, uh, what was in the attorney approval, like all that stuff. So the CRM really just kept me organized and focused and on task um, with what you need to do on a daily basis.
0: So speaking about task and deadlines, um, how important is time management? uh, Oh my God,
1: it's. It is critical, like absolutely critical. And I'll be the first one to say, like, I'll have a schedule set for the day, for the week, and one email will throw you off, you know, that. So if I say this to myself now, if I can get through like 75% of my schedule or even 70% of my schedule on a daily basis, then I won.
0: That's a huge win. Yeah, yeah.
1: huge win. And especially now with all the stuff that's going on with COVID, like I know a lot of agents are home and their kids are there and their husband's there and... It's just chaos, and it's hard to keep on task. But the one thing that I've always done since the beginning of time is I was always an office person, but now that I don't have an office, I make a space at home. Your morning, your Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday, your mornings are your money time. That's when you need to be prospecting. That's when you need to be reaching out to your database, doing all of your money-making tasks first thing in the morning. That way, if you get that crazy email that something's going awry, you've already done what you needed to do for the day and it doesn't take you completely off track.
0: That's awesome. Now, now let's go into that. Cause that's a, a question that I ask a lot of people because I get that question a lot. Like mm-hmm. what's a typical day of a top producer, right? What is, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Like, and I know it's different every day. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's really hard to say, Oh, here's what I do every day. Yeah. Cause every day is not the same, but if you had a perfect day, right. And you had mm-hmm. your perfect day, you just mentioned your morning routine, which I hear that a lot. Uh, describe what a typical day would be if it was the perfect day for you.
1: Oh, the perfect day. Um, So the perfect day usually starts like eight for me, like work-wise. That's when I am calling, um, I'm prospecting, really. I'm calling my database, checking in with them. If there's expires or FISBOS or anything like that, that's when I'm doing all of that kind of stuff, reaching out to people, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together for them whether it's, you know, something that isn't going to happen right now, but now I've nurtured them, and I'm going to keep them in my database, and now I'm going to work with them in a year from now. Uh, All that stuff in the morning is the most important thing. And then after that, you're answering emails, you're checking on deadlines, uh, you know, what happened with yesterday's inspections. That's kind of like late morning, early afternoon. And then... um, Your later afternoon is prepping for your appointments, your showing appointments, your listing appointments, getting your uh, CMAs together, um, you know, doing all that kind of work. And then your appointments are in the evenings.
0: So, you know, one thing that you left out there, and I know that uh, this is a big part of it, is that, I mean, you have three children.
1: (laughs) I do. Right? And, And the ages are? I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a ten-month-old.
0: There you go, and you're yeah. still able to pump out ten plus million dollars of business. So, yeah. I think a lot of people, I, I would think that that before eight mm-hmm. o'clock involves family, right? Yes. Getting them ready, getting yep. them lunches, whatever mm-hmm. they need. Uh, I mean, there's no school now because of COVID and what's going on, but um, that's hopefully going to come back here mm-hmm. in, in the next uh, couple of months. So, uh, that was the business side of it. What about with family? Like, how do you have a work-life <laughs> balance?
1: listen, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I'm not a great mom. I mean, it just, that's the reality of it. Sometimes I need to put that stuff aside, but I also carve time out every single day to spend with my family, to spend with my partner so that, you know, it's not all work because it's very easy and you know this, it's very easy to be on your phone and on your computer all day and night. Like it's very easy to do that. So I shut off. So after my appointments, I like to try to be done with my appointments if I can you know, early evening, like six or so. And then I shut off. I shut off until the kids go to bed and until, you know, everybody's settled. And then, you know, I'll be honest, like nine, ten o'clock, I'll go back through and just check and see what's going on. And then emotionally prep my day for the next day. Um, but yeah, you just, you got to carve time out. If you don't have time management, if you don't have time carved out for your family, for yourself, um, it just, this business can get the best of you for sure.
0: Yeah. And and I think, um, you know, like I said, you know, you said, you know, sometimes you're not, and that's great that you admit that because, you know, I f- feel the same way a lot of times. My kids are older now. They're 20, mm-hmm. 23, but when they were younger, there were days that, you know, just things happen or a client all of a sudden calls, yeah. you're trying to deal with something. The kids come home and Hey, w- wait, I'll be right out there. And you feel mm-hmm. like you're neglecting them. Um, but at the end of the day, I know you do a great job with your, your family. So give yes. yourself some credit with that Thank you. Um, Let's talk about lead generation because I know a question comes up a lot of times that I hear, you know, what's the best, you know, what's the one pill that I can take that's going to make me successful, right? <laughs> and uh, what's that, What's what should I be doing for lead generation? What's that one thing really I should be doing? And it's just like there's so many different things that we yeah. can be doing. But there are our favorites. And, and I know, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking with you what some of yours are. But maybe you could just share, you know, your top two or three ways that you develop business right. now and then maybe talk a little bit about when you first started.
1: Right. So now I am very lucky that I have a pretty good database that um, I can get refer. I get a lot of referrals out of. Mm-hmm. The majority of my business is referral-based business at this point. Um, but I do have a Zillow. I'm a premier agent on Zillow and I pay Zillow and I get those leads. The trick is with the Zillow leads, you need to call them right. many, many times. You need to stay in touch with them. You need to nurture them. Because a lot of times a Zillow lead will come in, and it's just somebody like playing, like, "Oh, that house is cute," and then all of a sudden they're like, "All right, well, maybe we should list our house." And then that's six months down the road, and then before you actually get them to buy a house, it's a year later. Right. So there's a, a long period oftentimes of you know nurturing them, and then sometimes you get a Zillow lead that's ready to go, and sometimes you don't. I mean, sometimes they're not great at all, but you got to go through those, and that's right. with any lead generation. Um, you just gotta you gotta work the leads you mm-hmm. really do um, and then social media i love social media it's free it's free and you can reach so many people and it's a branding thing so i don't really know how much business i actually get off of my social media stuff but i know that you know i'm consistently posting on there of uh, the videos and my justice it just, just sold and all that stuff and it's you're constantly staying uh, on top of people's minds so, if a conversation does come up with a family member or a friend, they're like, oh, I just saw Melissa Killian just sold one and Gildelin or whatever, and right. why don't you give her a call? So, the social media aspect is really, I think, one of the easiest things you can do as a new agent to start building your brand, building your business. And you, if you don't have just listed, just sold, you don't have pennings to post, you can find other real estate related things, questions, surveys, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and and I think you're right. So the top three would say your COI past clients Mm because you've been building up for a while. The second was Zillow being online because that's, I hate to say it, but that's where a lot of the business is going. There's
1: value in Zillow for sure.
0: And and like you said, the 80-20 does apply to this, meaning that only about 20% of the Zillow calls that come in are actual now business. The other 80% doesn't mean that they're terrible because I'll hear it and say, oh, Zillow, they suck, right? The leads suck. And then when I actually talk to them about their lead follow-up, it's like, well, your lead follow-up sucks. It's not Zillow. Um, But you're right, it's 80% down the road. And sometimes I I, I read a stat where they they said, it's like 388 days to convert a buyer from the time they come on the internet Mm -hmm. uh, on a Zillow lead to the time they actually close. a lot of people don't realize that. And it's tons of money that we waste by not following up on those older leads. Mm -hmm. And we've been guilty of it, right? We've talked yeah, about yeah. that as well. Wow. Yeah. When uh, when you and I first started working together, you were like, "Well, here's I can't even get to these leads because I'm so busy on the right. on the personal leads." Um, but social media being a third one, I thought that was something that you always did a great job with doing that. And that's another source of your database because you're staying top of mind, right. right? And we have to be top of mind so people don't forget us or know or don't you know when they're thinking about real estate, you want them to think about you. And like right. you said, you're getting passed on to their friends. So um, Talk about video, because I know you and I had kind of a discussion when we first started about video, and you're like, ah, oh, I hate video, and I don't like video. Uh, what, what has that done for you? And, and talk a little about, uh, you know. Oh, I
1: did. I hated video. I didn't want to do it. You forced me into it, and thank God you did, because it's really been a, a huge branding piece for me, right. um, the car talk videos. Um, but I didn't want to do it, and you just kept pushing me to do it, and you're like, just do it, and post it, and stop being a baby, and I finally did, and then once I did, It kind of, you know, every video you do, it gets a little easier and a little easier. And, you know, they're a minute and change, not even sometimes. And it's just a little helpful piece for, you know, buyers, sellers, friends, whoever. I mean, sometimes it's not even real estate related. Sometimes it's related to other stuff, but it's been a huge um, benefit to my social media and my branding,
0: and you get tons of views on them. Yeah, right. Yeah. You get people kind of joke with you a little bit, yeah. bust on you a little yeah. bit, right? So well, that's,
1: that's a, fun. That's the banter that I love. Right. I, I love that stuff.
0: Uh, but I remember the first one you did. Like I don't know, you did like twenty takes, and like you sent me takes, one. Takes. Right?
1: I, I think I sent you three. I'm like, which one do yeah. I pick? I'm
0: just just post it. Like, put, put, put it on. Who they all look great. Yeah. But uh, hey, I would rather have. Um, I'll take someone's. Unprofessional or unperfect video over no video any right. day, right? Um, so that's most important too—to make sure you get the get the video out there. Um, how do you mean? Uh, you have a great relationship too with a lot of agents that I talk to. If I talk to other agents at a company, and uh, when you first came on board, like Oh, I saw Melissa came over to your company, she's awesome, blah blah blah. Like I've never—I'm sorry, I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, I hear always good things about you and and how you conduct your business. I mean what is it that uh, you feel that sets you apart? Because there's some agents that I talk to, you know, at other companies that, you know, bash other agents that are out there. Um, So what are your thoughts on that?
1: So my thought on that is that even though we all work for different firms, we all work together. Mm -hmm. You wanna sell a house, I wanna buy a house, vice versa. We're working in this together, we're teammates. So I always take the approach when I'm working with another agent you're my teammate, Like we're in this together, let's get this done, let's figure out whatever we can do to do it. And it just, it makes the transaction so much easier, especially when you come into some issues. Now you've already set you know, the tone of how the transaction's gonna go, how the conversations are gonna go, and it, it just makes for a smoother transaction, and then we both get to where we need to go at the end, you know, to the closing table, and everybody's happy. So I just always take that approach. And plus, there's no real reason. Like, some agents are nasty. They're just nasty just to be nasty. Like, what is the point of that? Like, I don't want to work with you. Nobody else is going to want to work with you. I want to be the agent that you're like, all right, she's great to work with. Let's get this deal done. Especially now with all the multiple offers. Like, I'm sure that plays a role into, you know, if the offers are the same, who the agent is. So it's really important for me and for my clients. I want them. You know, I want everybody to know that we're all in this
0: together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great point that you just mentioned. It just, we're all in the same thing. We're all professionals. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think just before we started this podcast today, there was something that I showed you on social media that I didn't think was really professional from another agent who posted something out there. And it was, you know, you know, reach out to that agent. If you got a problem with someone, right. you know call me, call you, call someone, right? Uh, versus posting it out there. And I think that uh, you're right. It reflects all of us as real estate agents and uh, brokers uh, as well. Um, so, you know, thinking back to just in the last couple of months, I mean, we're, as we're taping this, it's uh, what June 2020 now, mm-hmm. uh, going into the summer months, which is really our spring market right now because right. we've missed it now with COVID. Um, but I know that initially in the first week or two of COVID, everyone was kind of set back, you know, including yourself right mm-hmm. kids are home like what's you know right. what's this gonna blow over in a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden I started saying, say no it's gonna be maybe mm-hmm. a month maybe two months now nah, look it came out to be three months what are some of the things that um because you you know you came out of the gate really strong a lot of our agents came out of the gate really strong what do you think of some of the thing wh- why is that different for say you and some of the other agents that are here versus other agents that are still saying it's dead you know there's nothing going on and, or i don't have any listings i don't you know two buyers I have, you know, we can't get them approved or not approved, but they're, they're missing out for multiple right. offers. Why do you think you've had such a jumpstart into this over the last three months?
1: Um, a lot of it has to do with everything that we did with Miranda real estate as a whole, the constant videos, um, the calls, just keeping everybody up to date, the accountability groups, all that stuff um, kept me on track and kept me motivated and kept me um, reaching out to my clients, doing productive things, you know, when it was really dead there, instead of doing nothing, I was doing scripts and doing some coaching stuff and some training stuff and like picking up other tidbits on how to be successful, how to be better at time management, you know, how to provide a better listing presentation. All those things kept me in the business and kept me working on my business so that I was in touch with all my clients. I was in constant contact with them, letting them know what was going on. So then as soon as the gates lifted, it was like, the floodwaters. Game came. on! Yeah. There we go. And yeah, and that's and that's kind of was the key to my success during COVID.
0: Okay, awesome. A um, lot of agents uh, coming into the business now, and I always ask this question: like, you know, you know, how long have you been in the business now officially?
1: My tenth year.
0: Tenth year. So you got ten years, a whole decade under your belt, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Um, but knowing all the things that you know now, for a new agent coming into the business, what would be some <laughs> advice you would have them? to get off the ground or to get started, maybe something that you didn't do early on because you didn't know about it. Or now that you know about it, you would do more or or recommend.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I actually did. My first year I threw myself into remind you, I was a perpetual student coming off my undergrad and then two master's degrees. So I was all about learning. Mm -hmm. So I threw myself into scripts. I threw myself into coaching and I didn't even have the money to pay for the coaching every week, but I did it anyways. Um, I learned as much as I could about the business so that I could start learning how to uh, do lead gen because really, ultimately, that's what you need to do to jumpstart your business. For a newer agent coming in, I would say, you know, one of your best ways to do that other than um, scripts and, like, coaching and stuff like that is to get hooked up with a mentor, somebody who's doing really well, who has the business, and they can kind of feed you some of the leads and you can shadow them and they can teach you, you know, how to become successful. And that's really the best way to do it because it's hard, even as a new agent, if you're, you know, you can throw 500 bucks into Zillow every month, but if you don't know the scripts and you don't know how to work with the buyers, it's kind of a waste of money because you don't know how to get them to contract. Yeah. So that would be my suggestion. Is kind of That's awesome. I
0: mean, that's things. priceless. I mean, like you just said, uh, to have a mentor, uh, mm-hmm. for me, my, I mean, I, I, I got to think, I think back to myself. Six months into the business, I joined coaching. Mm -hmm. I couldn't afford it. I paid fifteen hundred dollars for an event uh, (laughs) to go. Right. Yep. Uh, I paid over a thousand bucks a month every month Mm -hmm. uh, for coaching, and I was like, I don't know, I just put on a credit card. Yeah, charge it. Uh, it. I was already in a hundred, already (laughs) in debt one hundred twenty-five thousand. What's another, you know, twenty grand? But um, it it definitely had a shortcut to the Mm -hmm. success. Right? Oh, for sure. Like success leaves clues. So why try to reinvent all this stuff right. and do it? exactly. The other thing you said I like is that you said, you know, get with a mentor or a team or something like that where not so much for the leads. The leads are good, but it's also all the things that you learn, like we right. talked about earlier, about how to handle a septic inspection mm-hmm. or how to handle uh, a negotiation that, you know, went bad. Right. You get actually see how someone turned around so that next time you're faced with that, you know how to handle that. Um, but I, I definitely agree with that. I think agents should be – like working for free if they had to, you know, or That's just. I
1: did. I did every open house, every showing. I did everything for free. Whatever you need, I'll do it.
0: Open houses work?
1: Yes. <laughs> I know. They sure do.
0: I hear. I and mean, under some agents and I totally respect them, like, they're just like, I hate open houses. I'm not doing open well, houses, I mean, which is fine. Yeah. But for a new agent.
1: For a new agent, it is a wonderful tool to get business right. and to just learn how to talk to people and show a house. You know, there's a lot of benefit to that. Yeah.
0: And when I say new agent, I mean, it could be three to five years in. I mean, this is not something you just get your license and all of a sudden, you know, the phones are ringing off the hook. I tell people it's a a good three-year grind in the beginning just to get you to get to where you need to get um, to where you feel a little more self-sufficient, right? Right. You got leads, actually people calling you because people, let me ask you this. Did you have people that didn't do business with you in the beginning because they felt maybe you're too new or maybe thought i never
1: told anybody i was new yeah right i faked it till i made it i never told anybody i was new i if i didn't know the answer to a question i said you know i'm not sure i'll get right back to you on that and i would go to my mentor and say what do i i don't know what to do what do i do with this right but i never put off that vibe that i was new so I think that helps me, too.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great point. I think that uh, some agents got it get freaked out, or I never did a listing before, or I don't know, you know, I'm not really good mm-hmm. at that. Get good at it, right? Yeah. There's so many different things that you could do, like you said, and invest in yourself. If you can't afford coaching, you could watch tons of YouTube videos. Oh, my God.
1: There's so much free stuff. Like, Mike Ferry, Tom Ferry, like... Um, Brian Buffini, like there's so much free stuff online that you can get. Like, I'm pretty sure you can even download the scripts, like Mm -hmm. the buyer, scripts, the listing and presentation, like the actual scripts right offline for free. Mm -hmm.
0: They're all great. Mike Ferry, uh, Tom Ferry, Brian Buffini. Uh, I know I was with Craig Proctor early on as well. Uh, All great uh, mentors of mine as well. Um, Podcast. I know we're doing a podcast today and I know there's some good stuff that's out there, whether it be a YouTube channel or a podcast. What's your favorite one?
1: Oh, I don't,
0: I don't know. You don't know? I don't do that. No? <laughs> no. You, you don't do, you don't listen to podcasts? No. Only the ones I've sent you recently. Only the uh. ones
1: that you've sent me, but I am like a, um, a book on tape gal. Okay. I like my books on tape. More of the yeah. audible? Yeah. Okay. I love that stuff. Like, especially cause you know how much we drive. I'm constantly driving. So I'm always listening to, you know, inspirational stuff or, um, just stories about how, you know, you went from this to this or just little things all the time.
0: How about in goal setting? Do you do goal setting?
1: I do. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I did that from day one. I remember my little – it was literally like a piece of, like, paper. I wrote it on, like, a piece of computer paper. Um, Stop bartending and pay off my car. That was my first year goals, and I did both of them.
0: Awesome, awesome. All right, well, I want to wrap it up. I know we're just about out of time, and um, I always kind of like to leave a question. Like, the next – you're already 10 years under your belt. I don't know how much longer you want to keep doing this. I think, you're, I think you're going to be doing it for a while. Yeah. But what do you see real estate here in the next five five years? Even, I'm not even going to go 10 years. I'm just going yeah, to go the next three I mean, to five years. I mean, I think
1: years. it's only going to keep getting better. And, and I want to keep getting better for my clients and um, for the community. I want to keep striving to do better. And that's one thing that I always, there's I'm never happy with just where I am. There's always that next level I want to get to. So I think the area is a great area. I think it's going to continue to grow. Um, the expansion here, the new construction, it's just—it's a great place to live and to raise your children and to be. So I think you know, the market here is going to stay really stable.
0: Awesome. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, another addition with the Live with the Leaders. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Willie. If a client wanted to reach out to you and want to do business with you, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? Text me. Text you.
1: 518-588-4272. Text me. I will respond almost immediately.
0: All right, great. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Keep killing it. I know Thank you're going to you. have another great year to share.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 I
0: don't know why you said bye. I don't know
1: <laughs> 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 That was fun. Bye.
0: Yeah, see, that wasn't hard, right? No. Oh.